You're listening to TMI with Christine, a show where we give you way too much information about meal planning and time management. Hey, hey, this is Christine Pittman, and you're listening to TMI with Christine, a show where we give you way too much information about meal planning and time management. Why? So that you don't have to find that information for yourself. Sit back, relax, and listen, and we're going to give you some great ideas for streamlining your life. So this show is going live on New Year's Eve. If you're listening on New Year's Eve, Happy New Year. It's very exciting. Um, and you know, New Year's Eve is traditionally this time for New Year's resolutions. 2020 has been a bleep bad year for so much, right? Just not cool. And we're all in this like, oh God, I hope next year is better. There's so much I want to do kind of place, right? We're just looking forward to whatever's going to happen a few months from now when things get normal again. Um, yeah, we don't know when that's going to happen and we have to take the good times and the fun times and the holidays and everything like that where we can. You know what I mean? So... I want to talk a little bit about taking ourselves where we are also. And I'm thinking about this because I had a conversation with somebody a little while ago about how back in the day, um, we used to just call people out of the blue, you know, like when I was a teenager, I would just call my best friend on the phone because I wanted to. And when I moved away to college, I would just call my parents if I wanted to because I wanted to. Or they would call me and the phone would ring and I would answer it. And that was a normal thing. And if you think back, if you were around back before that, there was a stage in time where you also could just ring somebody's doorbell unannounced, right? Like, I don't mean as a kid, you know can Stacy come out and play kind of thing. I mean like grown-ups going out for a walk in the evening and ringing the doorbell of a neighbor or even more just hey let's head out on a drive to that other end of town and maybe Auntie Shirley's home and we'll see if they're around and that was just something that happened right? It's unheard of now. I mean I definitely don't just ring somebody's doorbell out of the blue and I don't call anybody out of the blue either. I'll text them and say, hey, do you want to chat? And if they say yes, then I'll call them. But I don't. Otherwise, it feels a little bit rude, like to the point where if, um, you know, somebody's calling me and I see their name on my phone, I think something's wrong if you call me without texting me first. Now, I know some people still can call their friends or their loved ones or people without announcing it first. And this isn't true for everybody. But I really feel like there's been this shift where, you know, you text first before calling. And way back when you used to just show up on somebody's doorstep and then voicemail come, came along. And so you would call someone. And if they weren't home, you could leave a voicemail saying, hey, we're going to stop by. Are you going to be around? Call me. Let me know. And once we had voicemail, it's kind of like the early days of text where you kind of checked first Before that, you just showed up. And if I think back to that, like, era of people just showing up on people's doorstops like that, I think there was this pressure to keep your house clean in case somebody showed up unannounced, right? I I think this was a thing. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I need to call my mom right now out of the blue and ask her, mom, is, is this what was going on? But like... That, that's the sense I get, that you were like keeping up appearances. And something happened and shifted at some point where that wasn't the case. You're not keeping your house clean for 
random people to show up, but it became an internal pressure. This like, I need to do this thing. I need for um, my, my, my house to look good for me, for my kids, for my, my, I don't know why, 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 why? Because I think it's supposed to be that way. And I think I need to cook dinner for my family every night in this healthy, wonderful way because it's supposed to be that way. And I, I think for sure that it's probably better if we are doing these things because inside of ourselves we think we're supposed to rather than because of the unexpected guest who might show up right during dinner time and might judge what it is we're serving our family so we're gonna like make a nice meal in case somebody sees it it's definitely better that it's internal and not external because of what you know somebody might see showing up on a doorstep whether the house is clean what's on our table but the internal thing is a bit strange too like we have to be this way internally because we're putting our own pressure on ourselves this isn't coming from the neighbor who might stop by anymore this is coming from inside of us this feeling that things have to be a certain way and I guess I want to take this moment on New Year's Eve to say screw that I mean if you really want all those things if you really love cooking really great meals for your family and then having all the food groups there and doing all that stuff awesome if you're struggling you don't meh Nobody's going to see it. Nobody's walking in off the street to look at it, right? And if you want your house orderly and tidy because that's what you like, great. But it's not because of what anybody else thinks. And you have to do it if you want to. Um, And yeah, of course, there are reasons for all these things. We want healthy food because it's like better for our bodies. We want a cleaner house because it's more organized. You sort of find things, less germs, some, I don't know, name your reason. I'm not judging anybody who wants those things. I'm just saying um, if you want them, it's no longer because of the nosy neighbors. It is because of you. It's because of me. It's, It's in ourselves that we're doing these things and we need to recognize that that pressure is coming from inside now more than ever and I think we need to meet ourselves where we're at in Erica Kiefer's words from once a month meals a couple episodes ago like really where am I and what do I want and so As we embark on this new year that we all are hoping is going to be so great and and so much better than this weird, weird year we just had, I want to make sure for myself that any resolutions or plans or things that I'm, I'm hoping for are because they're really what I really, really want. And they're not because somebody else is looking over my shoulder. And they're not because I'm feeling this weird, it's supposed to be this way, internal pressure. But because it's really what I want. This is where my priorities are right now. This is what I want in my life now. And so for today's New Year's Eve special show... I'm going to come back in a minute and talk about how meal planning can go and what kind of decisions we can make for the new year for meal planning. And then I'm going to be talking with Kathy Hester, who is just such an inspiring woman. She's a cookbook author. She's a vegan. She's gluten-free. She is living a life that she is defining in so many ways. And and it it's it's not like renegade, crazy defining. It's defining like, who am I? And 
you know what? I'm going on live TV today. I'm going to wear my Harry Potter shirt and that is who I am. And I'm not going to have makeup on or maybe I am today and maybe I'm going to dress up today. But maybe again, Harry Potter shirt and no makeup. And that's me. And that's who I want to be. And I really, really love that about her. And I am thinking about it as an inspiration for myself moving forward in this year. So please stay tuned. I'm going to be back with more in just a minute. Here we are in this New Year's resolution kind of episode, and um, I'm thinking about meeting myself where I'm at and thinking about what I actually want from my food and cooking for the year ahead. So if you're listening and you're thinking about your own food and cooking life, um, I'd urge you to spend just a minute now and think about whether you're okay with it as it is right now. Like if it's going okay and you don't really want to have to spend any effort changing anything, you don't really have to. And there's nobody saying you have to. I feel like there's been a huge meal planning bandwagon lately, right? I mean, even I wanted to have a podcast about meal planning, but I see it in, um, you know, different grocery stores and websites and apps and all this stuff. Meal plan, meal plan, meal plan. I mean, if you don't meal plan or you don't do it all the time or you don't do it a certain way, there's no reason why you have to, right? Um, Certainly... Again, there's no neighbor coming in and saying, you're not meal planning right. And, you know, and you shouldn't feel that pressure from inside of you either that you have to do it a certain way. So if you feel okay with it or you just don't have the energy right now to change what you're doing, you do not have to. No way. You can still listen to my show. I I think it's still fun, right? There's all that great music and um, good conversations. So please don't stop listening. But you don't have to change how you meal plan for sure. Um, But if you do want to think about changing it up a little bit, now is a good time to start. I think people do get healthier in January. A lot of like healthy eating thinking. And I don't think it's just a New Year's resolution thing. I think it's kind of a reaction to... A lot of the heavy foods through the holidays, you know, we kind of let ourselves indulge. It's the holiday season and by the time New Year's Day rolls around or January 2nd, I'm really tired of cheese even. Who thought that I'd ever say that? I get tired of cheese. But yeah, tired of chocolate, tired of cheese, tired of all the butters and the sauces, the cookies and all the wine, like all of it, just like, oh my God, give my body a break, right? So I think there's this natural inclination in January to be a little healthier, even if it's not because of like an official resolution that you're making, you know? So um, if, if you're thinking about doing some meal planning because you want to make some healthier choices or you want to try and save some time, um, or you just want to give meal planning a try, it's a good time. It's a really good time to get started. Um, And then I would suggest that one of the things you need to do is think about the intention behind your meal planning. And I did an episode um, about intentionality. It is called, what is your intention with my meal plan? Um, And Um, you can definitely listen to that episode. It was from a few weeks ago. And, um, yeah, I talk in there about figuring out what your intention is, because if you're trying to, you know, be healthier, then that, then that's going to affect how you meal plan and what message, uh, kinds of recipes that you choose. If you're trying to save money, um, that would be a different kind of meal planning, right? Like, um, 
if you're trying to save money in meal planning, you might be thinking a lot about double purposing ingredients or using leftovers in different ways or, ooh, like we heard, oh no, we're going to hear about um, from Dan Morris in an upcoming episode about how he um, starts with what he has in the pantry and he told me in an email also what's on sale at the grocery store that is where his meal plan starts what do I already have and what's on sale right and then you build your your meal plan around that so the intention you have for your meal plan what is the goal of it is going to affect the kind of meal planning strategy you choose and the kinds of recipes that are going to be on that meal plan. So now, if you are thinking about starting some meal planning or or upping your meal planning game, uh, this is a good time. And so, like I said, figure out your intention first and then you can do some looking around. So I have the meal plans that I give you on each of these shows. It comes out once a week. And if you listen to the end of the show, I will talk about the recipes on the meal plan and how they work together. And then um, I send out that meal plan with all the links to all the recipes, as well as a printable grocery list that goes with it to all of my newsletter subscribers. So if you want that, you go to cookthestory.com slash newsletter and you'll get that. So my meal plans tend to be themed um, around whatever the show was about. And then I try to circulate some of the same recipes through them. Um, So you'll see the same things here and there. And that's because I really think that we get better at meal planning and better at cooking when we're making familiar things. So if it's all new stuff every week, that can be pretty daunting. Um, But there is still some new stuff, right? Uh, And then what I do is I have the meal plan and the grocery list is um, sorted into the sections of the grocery store, um, bakery, produce, pantry, meats, frozen, and then refrigerated dairy stuff. And then within each of those sections, it kind of goes in order of the recipe order. So whatever recipe is first on the list, then those things will be at the top of that section. And the idea behind that is you can like follow along the grocery list as you're looking at the recipes And things will mirror the order that you're looking at them in. And I put everything on the grocery list, oil, salt, pepper, every seasoning, anything that any of the recipes call for, so that you can just cross off anything that you have already. You print the grocery list and then go through and cross off the things that you have. And and then that's there. The other thing about the grocery list that you should know is I don't put any amounts on it because I don't know how many people you're cooking for. And I don't know um, if you're going to try and make leftovers from something. Um, I'm kind of assuming that you might have to swap out a recipe here and there, that you're not going to want everything on them, or that you're going to have different dietary needs here and there. So I don't put any amounts. So you need to add in the amounts that are going to work for your family. Um, And yeah, I've used these meal plans. I've tested all of them out. And they work really well. I mean, I literally print the grocery list off, uh, run through and cross off everything that I already have. And then I look through and see what amounts I have. And then I'm good to go. And it's really, really quick. And I mean, the thing about meal planning that I tell people all the time is it just takes so much of the decision-making process out of things, right? I just can go to the website, um, you know, find, find a meal plan, print it and print the grocery list and like, I'm good to go. I'm not really thinking that much. And sometimes it's the decision making that takes the most effort and time, right? So that's how my meal plan um, works. Uh, But there's a whole bunch of other strategies. I mean, I used to way, way back in the day, um, my ex-husband and I used to go every Saturday morning, we'd go out for breakfast and we would take the most recent like food magazines that I used to get and some of our favorite cookbooks and we would take them with us to breakfast and we'd have breakfast and then over coffee we would flip through and make a meal plan for the week. That was what we used to do. That was before kids. Things got a little bit um, crazier after that. Um, the other, there's other techniques that are really, really great. Um, 
One is to um, write down sort of 20 recipes that your family likes. Um, and you can ask your family for the ideas like, hey, what things do you guys like? And, and put them in a list. And if you have 20 recipes, that's essentially four weeks of wheat nights. And you can just rotate through those 20 for a really long time. You could instead do 15 and then add in a new five each month and space them out. So then you're trying new things, but you've got this basic list and then you just start rolling through it, right? I would suggest, as I have suggested many, many times, that you might want to keep a calendar in the kitchen. I just do a printable PDF calendar, just Google for it, printable PDF calendar, um, and I like a month per page with a lot of room in the squares. So like the numbers should be reasonably small and the squares should be a square for each day on the page. And um, and then I jot down what we've had for dinner. So this isn't future planning. This is just quickly making note every few days. I just grab the calendar and write down what we've had in the last few days on the calendar. And the beautiful thing about that is that when you go to meal plan, you just grab the calendar and it's got months of data and you can just pick and choose recipes from there. That also works really well with that other strategy I was talking about with the sort of 15 or 20 list of recipes. So you can have your 15 or 20 list of recipes. You can throw in some new stuff here and there. Then you just start writing it in your calendar. Um, and then when you need to make a meal plan for the week, you've just got all of these ideas that are all things that your family already likes right there. If you're doing that calendar thing, write down when you've eaten out for dinner and what you've had. Write down when you've done takeout or pick something up or grab something quick from the grocery store because those are all valid strategies for getting food on the table and reminding yourself on a crazy day like, oh God, I don't want to do for dinner. Grab calendar. Oh yeah, we got that rotisserie chicken and that chopped Mexican salad from Publix that day and it was delicious. You know, that that's perfect. And, and those are great ideas. So. Those are some of my tips for if you're going to get started meal planning in January, if that is what you're trying to do. Um, And again, I want to say that I am not trying to put any pressure on anyone. And I do not think that anybody has to meal plan the way I do or the way anybody else does. And there is zero judgment about what you pick up to eat where or what you make where or what appliance you use or what ingredients you use. That is not my goal. I just want to offer ideas and suggestions and talk to people and hear how they're doing it. So I am meeting myself where I am. I am meeting my guests where they are and hearing about their lives. And I want to meet you where you are and just be here to help and entertain you. That's all. You're listening to Christine talk about meal planning and time management, but do you know who she is? She's been helping households with her recipes and time management ideas for over a decade on CookTheStory.com and The Cookful. With over 2 million visitors per month on her websites and over 40 outstanding cookbooks, now she's talking to you directly on this podcast and accompanying newsletter. Go to CookTheStory.com slash newsletter and get her meal plans, recipes, and all her amazing ideas to help you and your family in the kitchen. Now back to the show. So next up, I'm talking to Kathy Hester. She's a wonderful person. We met for the first time, I think, oh gosh, seven or eight years ago at a food blogging conference. And ever since then, whenever we end up at the same thing, we end up sitting together and talking forever. She's wonderful company. She's so um, smart and caring and thoughtful and interesting and talented. Uh, She has two food blogs. Um, She's got healthyslowcooking.com and she's got the instant pot one that is called plantbasedinstantpot.com and she recommends as it's new year's that you head over to plantbasedinstantpot.com and check out her recipe for a new year's instant pot black eyed peas because black eyed peas are good luck in January, right? And she also teaches courses on um, using Instant Pot and other things. You can find those at kathyhester.podia.com. And she's also a cookbook author. I know, right? She's got a whole bunch of really great books, especially if you're thinking about doing some vegan cooking. So there's the Ultimate Vegan Cookbook, The Vegan Slow Cooker, and so many more. You can find out about them on her websites. So let's talk to Kathy. Kathy. 
doing? I'm doing awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to talk to you and I love hearing your voice. It's been too long. So can you, I know it's been like four years, I think, right? Yeah, I think the last time we saw each other, we were like at the grocery convention. It was kind of awesome. <laughs> it was like a produce marketing show or something. <laughs> so I want to start by asking who is in your household and who does the most of the cooking? It's me, my wife, Cheryl, our neurotic dog and our crouchy cat, <laughs> who unfortunately will not do the cooking for me. No matter what I say, <laughs> um, but cat. I am the one who does most of the cooking, um, for sure. Okay, and do you like cooking? Well, I guess I do because I've made a whole business out of it. So, I, I what I love, I I don't always love cooking, but I love creating new things. So, some part of the process can be super fun and relaxing. If I'm like, "What's in the fridge? Let's make some kind of crazy soup out of it." Mm-hmm. versus, you know, I have four things in the fridge that I need to heat up. Which thing will I heat up tonight? That that doesn't feel as fun or fulfilling to me. I think I'm the same way. I'm not a leftovers person because I feel like I, I don't get to do my fun, creative end of the day thing if I'm just warming something up. Yeah. I And on the other hand, like there are times that it's like, Oh, thank God. I don't have to do anything else. There's four things in the fridge. I've worked 16 hours. So I don't mean to discount that as being a wonderful thing either. Um, But it doesn't fulfill me the same way. Like when you say, do you enjoy it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but it has to be done. And I think what we're seeing um, this year too, is everybody, even people who weren't really cooking before are now cooking on a more of a daily basis than ever before. Oh yeah. That's been fascinating to me. I mean, the restaurants were closed in a lot of places and even if they're open, people aren't going to them as much. And that means that they're, they're cooking more. And I mean, to me, cooking is becoming able to cook is so much about practice. And so people are practicing, you know? It's true because I I find that people really have, um, because I'm a cookbook author, if if your audience doesn't know me already. So I've been writing cookbooks for like 10 years Mm -hmm. or 12 years or something. Um, And people will say, oh, but it's you. And I'm like, you do realize that if someone says you're not supposed to do something, I do it just to see what happens, right? (laughs) I do all these things so you don't have to. And I can tell you, no, no, this is the truth. Because sometimes they lie, right? Right. (laughs) So I think that people have this idea that some people can just do this and other people, they just can't. It's true. Right? It's like, because it's not like, and maybe this will show my own kind of prejudice about our weird outlooks on things. Because I was going to use as an example, you know, you see a bodybuilder, I see a bodybuilder and I go, hmm, that's really awesome that you do that (laughs) because I'm not willing to put in that kind of time to have that kind of body. Mm -hmm. So there is that. And there's the learning curve that I'm not so interested in, but I love to walk. Right. So I can still find another way to do exercise. So it could be that maybe you, you don't want to make fondue or, um, you know, Satan Wellington or something super, super fancy, but, you're fine with making like your own clean out the fridge soups that are amazing and taste better than anything you ever thought it could. Yeah, that's so true. Like not everybody is a five-star chef, you know, even even those of us who do cooking for a living. Like I, I can't bake. I am a terrible baker. I don't have a sweet tooth though. So I don't like, I don't care about it. I don't try. It's not what I'm practicing. It's not what I'm interested in. And so even the people who do this and love this aren't necessarily experts at all parts of it. They're experts at like a segment of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree. And even if like, I have a big sweet tooth. So when you were saying that, I was thinking, because you know, baking is supposed to be a science. It's precise. Well, because I do vegan cooking and gluten-free and also do lots of different allergies, uh, allergy um, things. So like I might have something that's, no refined sugar, no um, oil, no gluten, no nuts, who knows what. 
So what you're expecting when you get a muffin, when you have a lot of, but it needs to be, is that it's not going to be the perfect fluffy muffin that they teach people how to make in pastry school. Right. But it's awesome. Do you know, I, I, so I keep just making banana bread. <laughs> I pour enough flour in there until it looks about right and enough milk. And then it's been baking up awesome. So another one of those things where everybody's like, it has to be exactly this, but it has to be exactly this if you want exactly that outcome. That is so true. We're not all trying to achieve the same goal. And so we're not going to get there the same way. And allowing ourselves to accept that is half the battle. I, I definitely agree. I have a friend who um, is, is a culinary professional. And her highest goal is to make the best X recipe. So like, this is the best biscuit recipe. Whereas my goal is I want to have a biscuit recipe that you can make no matter who's coming over your house. If they're vegan, if they're allergic to dairy, if they're allergic to eggs, if they, you know, (laughs) and all these different things. So that's my goal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I I think all these home cooks, um, anyone who has doubts, who may be listening now, I do want to kind of talk just to you to let you know that what you're doing is awesome. And the path of learning that you're on is perfect right where you are. And some things turn out well and some things don't if you, if you studied at culinary school or not. So I know that you've got this year coming up. That's so great. So yes, we are talking on, um, this is going to be going live on New Year's Eve. So we have that in our minds. So you are, okay, I have so many things I want, so many directions I want to go in. So you have your (laughs) own like nutritional needs and the nutritional needs of you and Cheryl and your household. And then your business is all built around like veganism and and some of these nutrition restrictions. And then you also teach people. So um, how to cook in these ways. So I feel like I just want you to just talk about these things that all about things about you that fascinate me. Ready, go. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Um, Yeah, because I think the thing is, is that I'm a very inclusive person. So that comes across in my cooking and my business. So even I have a private Facebook group, um, Vegan Recipes Cooking with Kathy Hester. And there are vegan people and plant-based people, and people who just do meatless Monday. There's this whole variety of people because I'm like, hey, I want to help you guys where you are. You want to do you you want to learn about broccoli for one meal? That's great with me. And so I think that's one of the reasons that it turned into kind of <clears throat> from going to cookbooks and being able to share that to um, I teach two live cooking classes, online cooking classes every month and there's a Kathy's cooking club and all that. So a lot of the people come and they come every time and now they've become a community within themselves. Mm. And so it's, that's one of the things that I'm really most proud of is like creating this wonderful safe space for people to try new things and not needing to be like the, I'm the perfect cook. And I will show you and teach you my ways. You know, that's, I'm like, dude, you, what do we, what do we want to do today? You know, sometimes I'll have a list of things that we're going to do, but with one class, it was an oil-free sauce class. I'm like, I'm going to give you a bunch of recipes and then we're going to make up all new ones in the class. And we, we actually made nine recipes in three hours. Holy, that's amazing. That's not normal. (laughs) <laughs> I was so tired and, and you know so I was like I was like okay we've got like a few more minutes what do you want so I said green goddess dressing I'm like let's google it what's in it I've never had it <laughs> and it was just so much fun because like what I love teaching people how to do because it's not about making a peanut butter jelly sandwich do one do two do three mm-hmm. it's about okay you have my recipe for this soup now let's smell the soup. Does it smell like it's missing something? Okay, now let's taste it. Okay, and I let them see, well, I'm thinking I want to change my recipe and let me tell you why. And then I'll take a spice or an herb and smell it over the soup because uh. it's the easiest way to get your your body knows. Like, 
I did this one class that was live. I actually passed around stuff that worked. So people didn't believe it was true. And I passed something that didn't work. And they're like, <laughs> because it, it, it mixes in your nose and you can tell if it's a good thing or a bad thing to put in, which saves you ruining something, but gives you that extra freedom to put your own creative touch on there. I love and to me. Yeah. And to me, that's, that's something that people don't talk about enough in classes, I think. Yeah, no, I love that because you're not just teaching people how to make X recipe or you're teaching them how to be creative in their own kitchen, how to use the ingredients and, and, and their equipment and make what they need and what they like and what's going to feed and fuel them, you know? Absolutely. And so I kind of have a, uh, a beef with the whole culinary industry that's like, you must tell people how much salt to put on their food. Because mm-hmm. um, I feel very strongly about that. <laughs> that, you know, people are grown ups and they can figure it out. Will they mess, mess it up a little bit? Sure. But if I like twice as much salt as you do, and you just blindly put it in, it's it's not good for you. There's There's I don't believe that there's just one right way, really, and just in anything, just cooking, but I, we're individuals. Yeah, I love that. And you know what? It, it, it speaks to what you were saying at the beginning of that um, answer earlier about how you are accepting of people coming into your vegan community at whichever part of veganism they are interested in one day a week or just seeing what it's about or their whole life consumed by it or like it, it seems like you're open to any path of, of veganism in your in your work. Absolutely. Because the thing is, is I'm not out there like to actively convert people to do something. I, but I do want to show them there's a friendly, accepting place that they could be if they choose to. Um, you know, in the group, you might, if you talked about meat, we would be like, well, we don't talk about this here. It wouldn't go into a flame war or something like that. Right. Um, and I think it's a, there's not enough places in the world right right now and maybe ever mm-hmm. that are just so welcoming and inclusive. And what I want whenever I'm doing anything is if somebody's learning something new, I want them to feel comfortable. I want to be that relaxing, comfortable, positive influence on people that makes it easier to cook instead of stressful. Like, I, I've watched some cooking classes too, and I'm like, oh my gosh, how it was like four grams of this and six things of this, and is my onion big enough? Where so when I'm doing that, I'm like, look, in this recipe, I had to put a cup measure. If you don't have a whole cup of onion, let me tell you, if your grandma or great grandma didn't have a cup of onion, they made that recipe anyhow. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love that. So I think. Yeah, it's not focused on these tiny little details that could stress us out even more. It's about relaxing into it. Because, you know, sometimes I like to think, you know, somebody's great grandmother went to the root cellar. And that's how she made dinner. Yes. And it's whatever was there. Probably how borscht became a thing. I don't know the history (laughs) of borscht, but I love it. Um, And all these wonderful winter vegetables that we get to play with and root vegetables and things that have such a long culinary history, but they also just have this warmth and energy of support because it's how people live through really hard times. And we're so lucky that we don't, we have so many choices, but I think sometimes those extra choices make our lives a little bit harder oh. and and by by that I mean like I don't know about you but I've been getting some decision fatigue lately <laughs> Black Friday just nearly got me I was yeah. like how many emails do I have to say no to yeah. so sometimes going to the store can be like that like well I see you know 15 different kinds of oats what mm-hmm. oats do I need? 
Yes. Do I need the organic oats or do I need the regular oats? Which, you know, do I need the organic, you know, fair trade chocolate or do I need the Hershey's chips I grew up on? You know, there just seems to be so much decision making. And one thing that I've really been enjoying this year is I've been getting a Misfit Market box. And they're, they're all different kinds. There's like Hungry Harvest and Im- Imperfect Foods, but it's kind of ugly produce. And in mm-hmm. the summer, it's harder because they ship from different places. But you just kind of, for a while, I couldn't pick what was there. And I just opened up the box. These are the things I have to cook this week. Oh, that's so fun. I've done something similar with like a, uh, like a farm share thing. And, and I mean... I- I struggled with it because I was doing the food blog thing at the time. And so I need certain ingredients to make the recipes that I have planned. But for just um, creativity for my own like dinner and what we're having, it brought so many new ingredients and so many new um, ways of doing things when I had to start with already having these things and figure out how to work them in. Yeah. And and there's something just kind of fun because it, and also you don't feel quite as scared because this is what you've got. So you've got to use it. I think that's the thing that kind of propels us back to grandma's time a little bit. Mm. Um, and it's kind of fun. And also for people who are just kind of cooking and they're just a little unsure, it's okay to have taco Tuesday and pasta Wednesday and, mm-hmm. you know, stir fry Saturday. I think like don't- the, the reducing the decisions, what you were talking about. Like, I think that's, uh, I mean, I, like I do the meal plans for, for this podcast and I follow them quite often. And it's simply because I just don't have to think it's like, okay, this is what we're having this week. Here's the grocery list. Go no decisions to make, you know? And I think having those meatless Monday taco Tuesday, like having those things also like limits the decisions and makes things so much easier. Yeah, because I think, again, you know, with this year, with everybody cooking so much more, and I think 2021 is going to hold a lot of good things and a lot of cooking things that, you know, it's going to continue. Now people have built up some skills that maybe they didn't have a year ago. And now's the time that you can really dig in and because you can save so much money cooking for yourself. And also you can eat so much better and healthier without really depriving yourself at all. It's, and that, it's, it's kind of brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. So um, like I said, this is going to be going live on, on New Year's Eve. And so people listening might be thinking about New Year's resolutions and starting something new or they want, might want to try something new. Um, do you have um, specific cookbooks or tools or recipes that you think would be a great place for people to start if they're interested in veganism or slow cooking, Instant Pot, any of your, your wonderful expertise? Absolutely. So I have two Instant Pot books, and I think a lot of people are really drawn to the Instant Pot because there's a lot of hands-off time. And so um, my original book is The Ultimate Vegan Cookbook for Your Instant Pot. And earlier this year, um, I came out with my second one, which is gluten-free vegan cooking in your Instant Pot. Both of them have gluten-free, soy-free options. I mean, it's not just like you're eating twigs, I promise. And even the gluten-free one scares people. But in the original one, I'm like, you could use gluten-free flour instead of whole wheat flour. And the gluten-free one in the intro, I'm like, you could use whole wheat instead of the gluten-free flour. <laughs> <laughs> so people are like, no. And I'm like, seriously, it's, it's, it's the same way I cook. Um, and those are real easy ways to kind of start. If you're looking to go vegan and maybe you don't want to have the expense of an Instant Pot and don't have one already, I have something called the Easy Vegan Cookbook. Mm. It's all just like stovetop. It's easy. And it's real straightforward. And I think I even have my cold brew coffee and a French press recipe. And that could save you hundreds of dollars if you go to Starbucks. <laughs> oh, cold brew coffee is the bomb. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I just made a live showing people how to do the cold foam today. So um, if, if you wanted to see some recipes before you bought a book, you could go to plantbasedinstantpot.com. 
And I have a great black eyed pea recipe. So that would be something to try. Um, And I have a YouTube channel too. I'm kind of all over the place. (laughs) You can't miss me. Um, If you wanted to kind of go to a blog or go to healthyslowcooking.com, which is not all slow cooking. There's even Instant Pot and Air Fryer there. And maybe just try out some vegan recipes. Because honestly, my first choice, if you've never had anything like that, is like kind of test some things out and see how you feel. If you know you're kind of going in that direction, the Easy Vegan Cookbook is an awesome cookbook. If mm-hmm. you like slow cooking over instant potting, mm-hmm. then I have a revised edition of my original book, The Vegan Slow Cooker. That was my very first book. It's so good. It's such a great book. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for talking with me today. That was wonderful. And I think you've inspired people to start this new year in an exciting new food way. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you for having me again. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye. Kathy's so great, right? I love her ideas and I love how she thinks about things. I always enjoy talking with her. So for the meal plan this week, I am inspired by several things in my conversation with Kathy. Um, and, and what I was talking about, about trying out some meal planning techniques, um, all of that. And also, um, trying to get more veggies, a little healthier, some plant-based things into our lives more. So that's what's going on with this meal plan. Uh, and it's still all healthy and it's still all delicious and it's still all easy to make. Like, oh, it's really good. So what we're doing is we're doing one of these like days of the week themed, Um, meal plans, which I think are really great if you're having kids and they know to look forward to, you know, Meatless Monday, Taco Tuesday. We're doing Wake Up Wednesday, which means breakfast for dinner. We're doing Takeout Thursday, which means, I mean, either stop and get some takeout or make takeout at home. And we're doing Finger Food Friday, where we get a little bit more decadent and have some fun with our food. So to start, we've got Meatless Monday, and I am proposing a vegan rice bowl that uses cauliflower rice instead of regular rice and then it's got some different veggies and it's got chickpeas you could use other beans oh some people call chickpeas garbanzo beans so that's what i'm talking about um avocado and then the dressing for this recipe is so delicious you use store-bought hummus that you thin out until it's like a dressing consistency and it's just super flavorful and delicious and you drizzle that over everything then on tuesday we're doing taco tuesday and i've got some really nice taco lettuce wraps for you so this is where you use a nice leaf of um green lettuce green lettuce leaf um instead of a taco shell and then you have your fillings that you put inside of the lettuce so that's a nice twist to the taco Then for Wake Up Wednesday, we've got breakfast stuffed peppers. These are kale and bacon breakfast stuffed peppers. You're really like you're making like a um, scrambled egg mixture that you're pouring into the peppers and then baking that egg mixture inside the peppers. So it's super fun and it's breakfast for dinner and it's very healthy kale, peppers, veggies, all good, right? Um, then we're doing takeout Thursday and I've got a recipe for you for a Chinese beef and broccoli soup that takes 15 minutes to make. So it's like the flavors of your takeout beef and broccoli kind of dish, but in a soup and in 15 minutes. I mean, always such a great idea, right? And then on Friday, we're doing finger food Friday and this day is not as healthy as the others. I will just say that. Um, so you're doing the most popular recipe on my website, The Cookful. Like 
I'm not kidding. This gets on Super Bowl Sunday, 125,000 people come to this recipe and they write comments on it and they love it. And it, it's just, it's one of my favorite go-tos for parties and anytime that I want like finger food that's delicious, like a sports bar, but at home. And it is my baked chicken wings. And what makes them so good is you toss them with a very small amount of baking powder, not baking soda baking powder and it changes the pH balance of the skin of the chicken which lets it crisp up more so be very clear this baking powder isn't like a coating it's not like a flour that is going to be the breading these are still dry wings with no breading on them the baking powder is just there to change that chemistry so you get that Maillard reaction at a easier easier lower temperature they do cook for a very long time. Don't worry, that is absolutely supposed to happen. And they just end up like really, really like crispy and delicious on the outside, just like they've been deep fried. They're so good. So you're gonna have the baked chicken wings and some baked potato skins. And I have this wonderful recipe for asparagus with Parmesan cheese. And I like eating the asparagus with my fingers on this one. And the asparagus is served kind of like room temperature. So that makes it finger food even easier. So that is the fun themed meal plan that we have for this week. And that is the end of our New Year's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope 2020 wasn't too dreadful for you. And I really hope that 2021 is better for all of us. Have a great day. Have a great year. I'll talk to you again soon. TMI is a production by Zwayne Entertainment. Have a production for your company or project? Contact Zwayne at ZwayneEntertainment.com. That's Z-O-U-A-I-N Entertainment.com. Music by Audio Snack. Check out more of their music at audio-snack.com. Replays were harmed during the making of the show.